And now, you're catching up with Peach. What's up? What's up? Happy Tuesday. I hope your Thursday is going great. And guys, we got episode 19 coming out on the 19th. Your girl's a numbers nerd, so I just love when stuff like that happens. But you don't have to love it. You don't have to care about it. I just wanted to share it. Anyway, today's lineup, we're going to start with football, of course. And yeah, a little heavier emphasis on it still, this time leaning more towards the NFL side of things. A little basketball, a little baseball, some hockey, and we'll finish up with the Misfits. And I will let you know, starting today and going forward, we, meaning my brother and I, who helps me edit this podcast, we're going to start putting in the description timestamps. And basically what that's going to do I'm just going to tell you when I'm when I'm talking about what sport. So if you are on a time crunch, you just need to know about a sport or two, use that as a guide to help you find what you need to know, basically. And uh, yeah, you know, use that use that to help you uh, fit your fit your schedule as best it can. All right. Anyway, without further ado, here we go. First things first, football. We do have a couple things in college to talk about first before we get to the NFL. Unfortunately, the first thing is a sad note, and by now you've probably heard about it since it happened a week ago. And if you watched my Monday Minute headlines, I did talk about this. Offensive lineman for the UGA Bulldogs, Devin Willick, and a recruiting coordinator, Chandler LaCroix, both passed away after a fatal car wreck this past weekend. So that's just insane. Like, I'm having a hard time wrapping my mind around it because— UGA goes from the highest of highs in winning a national championship in dominant fashion, no less, to then turning around less than a week later and having to grieve the loss of a friend, teammate, loved one, staff member. So thoughts and prayers going out to the families, to the community, to Dog Nation, just just a tough thing. Second thing, in the college world, Jim Harbaugh, current head coach of the Michigan Wolverines, we had talked about the potential of him going back to the NFL. And I say back to the NFL because really when I started paying attention to sports growing up, he was coaching in the NFL. Funnily enough, his brother still coaches in the NFL. John Harbaugh is the head coach of the Ravens. But Jim Harbaugh, the rumors are not true. He's going to stay with the Michigan Wolverines. He'll be back next year. Now, the talk in college football kind of for the next couple weeks and months is going to be about the NFL draft. That happens at the end of April, April 27th through the 29th. And if you followed, if you follow college football heavily or, you know, maybe and we'll talk about this a little bit later on what it looks like in the pro side of things. But if you follow, you know, certain players, certain teams, you want to know how your guys are going to go there. Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper Jr. always do like mock drafts of what they think is going to happen, you know, and we'll pay attention to different names who what they're going to and declare for the draft, like C.J. Stroud, quarterback of Ohio State. He just said he's going to the draft. But then you've got Blake Corum, the star running back at Michigan, who was injured at the end of the season, but he's going to go back and play at Michigan and not going to enter the draft. So just something to keep our eye on. That's where a lot of the talk and the focus will be going forward. Yeah, there'll be some coaching shifts and things like that, but for the most part, the talk lies in the NFL draft. Speaking of the NFL, let's talk about the NFL. We just had the first weekend of wild card. Well, it really was the wild card weekend and playoffs getting started this past weekend. So now we started with 14 teams and we're down to eight. And if that math doesn't make sense to you, let me remind you, we had teams that were sitting out the number one seeds on each side. They had a bye week. So now we bring them back into the fold. So we bring back in the Philadelphia Eagles. We bring back in the Kansas City Chiefs. And before we preview this upcoming weekend, Let's talk about how we got here. What happened in week one? 
Well, San Francisco was supposed to beat Seattle. They had beaten them two times in the regular season, and they beat them in the postseason. So San Francisco advances, no real sweat off their back. Buffalo should have beaten Miami. We talked about Miami being down their quarterbacks. Tua Tagovailoa, Teddy Bridgewater, they're playing with their third-string quarterback. Third-string quarterback, meaning the third guy on the depth chart. So Buffalo did win, but they only won by three. So not the dominant win they were expecting. More to come talking about Buffalo in the preview. Um, The New York Giants, upset alert, beat the Minnesota Vikings. That was not really what we saw happening. But Daniel Jones, quarterback of the New York Giants, fun to hear analysts and commentators talk about him because he had a rocky start to the season. I was surprised, and I think I said this early on. It was, you know, the Giants kept winning. That's great. A lot in credit to Saquon Barkley. But Daniel Jones, quarterback, stepping up, looking pretty strong. Definitely a name to know. If you want to know names, like I always tell you, there are certain things I'll point out if you want a little little extra, uh, something to flex, like I always say. But Daniel Jones, great, uh, great finish to this season. I'll be excited to see what this weekend looks like for him. Also in quarterback talk, let me move to the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Los Angeles Chargers game. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, and you'll recognize his name. He was a star at Clemson in college really just a couple years ago. But he had four interceptions in the first half, and Jacksonville was down 27 to nothing. Oh, but wait. They won 31 to 30. So Jacksonville advances. Talk about a comeback of all comebacks. And then to cover the last couple games, Cincinnati, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, Baltimore Ravens played Sunday night. And that was a really fun game to watch. And if you're a numbers nerd, let me tell you this real quick. Before this play that I'm getting ready to describe to you, Cincinnati had a 34% chance to win the game. After this play, they had an 83% chance to win the game, which they eventually did. But what happened was Tyler Huntley, who was playing quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens because no Lamar Jackson. We will come back. We will circle back to that in a couple minutes. But Tyler Huntley's playing quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. He tries to do what's called a quarterback sneak. And I've probably mentioned this before, but essentially it's getting down to cases. You got like one or two yards. You're either trying to get the first down or you're trying to get the touchdown. He carries the ball himself. He holds it. And instead of trying to go like under, think about football. Have you seen like they're all dog piled together basically because it's both lines on top of each other, offensive line, defensive line. So he goes over the top. The ball gets stripped from his hands. Sam Hubbard recovers it for Cincinnati and takes the ball 98 yards and scores a touchdown. Go watch that play. You want to talk about a heartbreaker of a play? So before that play, a 34% chance to win. After that play, 83% chance to win. Like I said, for those of you who are the numbers numbers nerds, that wasn't proper. You know what I'm saying. If you're with me in the number category, you like that kind of stuff, there you are. All right. Um, if you don't follow country music, you probably don't know the the title, Kick the Dust Up. Um, but the reason that I chose that uh, was in relation to Monday night's game. If you mon- if you watched Monday night's game, then, then you know. Uh, but if you didn't see Monday night's game, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys, and this was a rematch of week one in the NFL, Monday night football. The Buccaneers blew out the Cowboys 19-3. Dak Prescott got injured, just off to a rocky start. We thought, okay, Tampa Tom's going to start out strong. Well, until Monday night, Tampa Bay, excuse me, Tom Brady with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and for his whole career was 7-0 against the Cowboys. Um, not anymore. The, 
Due to a scheduling conflict, I had missed the first half of the game. I turned on the TV, and at the second half, it was 18 to nothing Cowboys, and I said, that is not what I expected. Are the Cowboys a better team than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Yes. But history will tell you, you don't really want to bet against Tom Brady, or at least you, I didn't think you did. But the the uh, the Buccaneers lose, and if you look at the score, I think it's a little bit deceiving because the the Cowboys won thirty one to fourteen, and that looks like a I mean it looks like a good win, but really they just dominated. But let me get back to the reason, kick the dust up. The other thing that kind of struck me as odd, being a numbers girl again, eighteen to nothing. Touchdowns, when you think of them, they come in increments of seven. The reason for that being when you actually score the touchdown, it's six points. The point after attempt is the seventh. But that's kind of like a guarantee. They're just close enough. It's just a, it's just a point after attempt. Um, if you're friends with the Cowboys uh, kicker, you probably should check on him because he missed four. He missed four point after attempts. That's not like field goals that you're 50 yards out. This is kind of like... These are kind of like free throws. But but theoretically, more people miss free throws than they do field goals. So um, hopefully things are looking up for them on that side of things moving forward. That's all I'll say about that. But having said all that, that gives us a little picture of where we're going this weekend. And I am going to go ahead and give you the matchups for this weekend. Now, I will say again, and I will say this multiple times, I'm going to give you these these names because at a bare minimum, you need to be familiar with who's still in the conversation. If you just care, you just want to look things up, yes, some of the things I'm getting ready to tell you, you could easily find on ESPN. But I am going to give you beyond the games kind of why I care about them. Not that you have to care about them or not that your reasons for caring about them have to be the same as mine, but it gives you a little bit more depth. So at a baseline level, just let the names kind of wash over you of who's still in the hunt for this, who's still in the hunt to be in the Super Bowl. And then I'll tell you some other names, some additional names for those of you who want the extra depth and why to care, why you should care about them. All right, we'll go in chronological order. There's going to be two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday. So Saturday, we've got the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Kansas City Chiefs. Always curious to see how a team does coming off of a bye week. So Kansas City, led by Patrick Mahomes, MVP caliber quarterback, and his buddy Travis Kelsey. On paper, Kansas City Chiefs should win this game. But also on paper, Jacksonville, like I just said, trailing 27 to nothing, should not have won. So we'll see how the young quarterback Trevor Lawrence does stacking up against someone who I I would consider at this point as a veteran in Patrick Mahomes. Game number two is going to be the New York Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, Philadelphia Eagles coming off a bye week. Jalen Hurts, who's been dealing with an injury, is he going to be 100%? Are they going to have to protect him more? He's a great quarterback that tends to use his legs. Is that going to be an option for him? New York Giants, again, on paper, the Eagles should win this. But you never know. That's why you have to play these games. We'll see if Daniel Jones still has more left in him. Saquon Barkley and company to to help them uh, rattle the cages a little bit with the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, Sunday's game. The first one, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Buffalo Cincinnati Bengals came out kind of funny, and the Buffalo Bills. Now, the main headline here, this is the game that didn't happen. So a couple weeks ago, Monday Night Football, DeMar Hamlin, cardiac arrest. The last two, the last time these two teams met, the game didn't finish. So a lot of emotion. I, I don't even know what to think that's going to be like. But we've got the Buffalo Bills who just barely won against Miami. Like, they got out to a strong lead against the Dolphins, but 
they they didn't hold like they barely held on. You're not playing the Dolphins. You're playing the Bengals now. And then you've got Cincinnati, who had a great defensive play and beat the Ravens, but you're not playing the Ravens. You're playing the Bills. So I would say both of these teams kind of they're playing the next level, next higher caliber team than they just played. Which versions of the quarterbacks are going to show up? Arguably, Burrow. And Josh Allen, uh, Joe Burrow with the Cincinnati Bengals, Josh Allen with the Buffalo Bills, two of the best quarterbacks in the league. Which one's going to play like it? That's the question. And last but not least, the fourth game and the second game on Sunday, Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. Brock Purdy quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers like came out of nowhere they had had injuries I did not know this guy's name until a couple weeks ago but he's getting the job done kind of went from a nobody to somebody overnight I think out of all the games this potentially could be the closest game if Dallas wants to come out and play like they did against Tampa Bay on Monday night this is going to be a barn burner as my dad would say or a dog fight so okay those are the games that we've got going on. I will say for me, I was asked a couple weeks ago who my Super Bowl pick was, and I said the Chiefs and the Eagles. Now, when you're looking at that, you're like, yeah, uh, Peach, those are the number one seeds. Well, they weren't the number one seeds at the time, and we'll see what happens this week. I could easily be proven wrong this weekend. We'll just have to see what happens. As far as off-season talk goes for the NFL, and no, it's not technically the off-season yet, but we've only got eight teams that are left playing. So the rest of the teams are working on, you know, signing players and movers and shakers. Stuff's happening right now, basically. The number one conversation, I would say, in the off-season is going to be Lamar Jackson with the Baltimore Ravens. And we've talked about it. He missed the past six games with a knee injury. The Baltimore Ravens and Jackson didn't come to a contract conclusion last off-season. He didn't travel with the team to Cincinnati to that game on Sunday, but we don't really know if he had traveled with the team to away games while he's been injured. So a lot of speculation going on with that situation. We really don't know, but that's going to be a big question mark and going to be a big answer. And I'll, of course, we'll be sure to tell you once we know Lamar Jackson, is he staying in Baltimore? Is he going somewhere else? What really has been happening there? Because there's a lot of ambiguity with that whole situation. Sean Payton, one of the names that's kind of being thrown around for these coaching positions, successful coach with the New Orleans Saints. He's talking to a couple different teams. A couple different teams want to talk to him. We'll see what happens there. And that leads me to coaching vacancies. That's the other big question, right, in the offseason is, okay, who's going to coach? go coach the Texans, who's going to go coach um, the Arizona Cardinals. And then there's also like offensive coordinators and defensive coordinator shifts going on. So, you know, you can look up those specific things if you have a team that you care about, but that's just one of those overarching conversations we have in the off season. And number four, the last thing we talk about is the NFL draft. And we just talked about that from a college standpoint. You follow your favorite players. You want to know where they're going to end up. But then if you're an NFL team, you want to see, like, okay, who are we going to draft? Like Chicago Bears, they've got the number one draft pick. They're probably not going to choose a quarterback. I wouldn't think so because I think Justin Fields is capable. Go get somebody that you can put around him to do great things. But, again, I'm not in the front office. I'm not making those calls. So we'll just have to see what happens for those teams come the end of April. All right. Again, we made it through the football-heavy first half of the episode. At this point, it's probably more than the first half. Uh, All right, let's take a break, and we'll move on to the rest. Basketball, of course, starting with college. This past weekend, there were 11 teams in the top 25 that lost. Whoops. All right, so that means our top five looks like Houston, Kansas, Purdue, 
Alabama, and UCLA. Alabama leads me to a disheartening note. Uh, Darius Miles, he is a former forward um, for Alabama, for their men's basketball team. He has now been charged with a capital murder, uh, a shooting of Sunday morning. So that's one of those things. I don't love talking about that kind of stuff. I don't want to have to share stuff like that. But I would be doing a disservice to you guys if I didn't let you know some of these big conversations that are going on. So you need to know it. Sad about it. You care about it. If you're a Crimson Tide fan, you want to know more, go check that out. But just on a on a basic level, that's one of the big stories right now in college basketball. Florida Atlantic University is in the top 25 for the first time. And I always love stuff like that. I mean, how can you not love an underdog? How can you not love, you know, first time on the ballot type of deal? A fun fact, if you just want a little extra fun fact for your day, um, Detroit Mercy's Antoine Davis set an NCAA Division I career three-point record. He's now at 510 career three-pointers in his career. So, all right, Antoine Davis, shout out. On the women's side of things in college basketball, Baylor— is not in the AP, Associated Press, top 25 for the first time since 2004. So that's 19 years. You know, and you know, that's that's just sad. On another note, when I think of 2004, I think of like, oh, it was a couple years ago. No, 19. Ouch. USC this past weekend, University of Southern California upset Stanford. And now we've talked about this before in a college football sense, but USC Stanford's a rivalry, that California rivalry. And it's their first win, USC's first win over Stanford since 2014. And Stanford was the number two team. And really, when you think about women's college basketball, Stanford, UConn, South Carolina, those are the teams, the names to know, the teams to beat, things like that. Simone Augustus had a statue unveiled of her on Sunday at LSU's campus, and she was a fantastic LSU women's basketball player, also a prolific career in the NBA. And so that's really special because it's the first woman, it's the first statue of a woman athlete that has been on LSU's campus. So I love stuff like that. As far as a midseason player of the year in the women's side, Caitlin Clark out of Iowa. So name to know there. In the NBA side of things, now we shift to the professional world. Kind of the biggest headline I would say right now or the biggest talk, LeBron James is chasing the NBA scoring record, career scoring record. It was set by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar back in 1984, April 5th of 1984 to be exact. And it was eight months actually before LeBron James was even born. But LeBron James is at, LeBron James, excuse me, is at 38,000 points and counting. And there's like a whole tracker on ESPN of like when they think he's going to break the record. I think it's like February 11th, all those projection numbers, right? Ugh, people who like numbers. Okay. Injury update, uh, Luka Doncic with the Dallas Mavericks, obviously one of the best players in the NBA. He's missed a few games here and there. I did note sometimes you have like you have in Major League Baseball you have series right they'll go they'll play a team like three different games occasionally in the NBA you'll see like back-to-back games that happen against a team and Doncic has set out the second of those back-to-back games I don't know I put this in the injury section right but I don't know if it's an injury but it is worth noting the games he's missed they've lost 
It's not their only losses of the season, but that's just to say he's a vital member. Luka Doncic with the Dallas Mavericks, a name to know, you might say. Giannis Antetokounmpo, he's got some soreness and has missed a few games, obviously an integral part of the Milwaukee Bucks. And then John Wall is going to be out for a few weeks as well. And again, like I say, let the names just kind of wash over you. Don't have to know all the details. But if you recognize those names and they matter to you and your team, there you go. Standings check real quick. In the Eastern Conference, the Boston Celtics are at number one still. It's the kind of the Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown show over there. In the Western Conference, both the Nuggets and the Grizzlies are tied for first, that being the Denver Nuggets led by Nikola Jokic and the Memphis Grizzlies with John ja Morant. Again, I like there's names to know. All right, let's move on real quick to talk two things in baseball. And the first one, third time's the charm, deep breath, Carlos Correa. You're thinking she has been talking about this guy for weeks on end. He's at the Mets. Oh no, he's at the Giants. No, okay, it's a done deal. For $200 million in six years, Carlos Correa is going to the Minnesota Twins. What's been the big deal about this? Well, back in 2014, Carlos Correa broke his leg. And so there are physicals that these players have to pass before signings become complete. And it's not that anything's really wrong, but when you look at a player that has a a caliber type, the type of caliber player that Carlos Correa is, he warrants a big contract. But when you look at big contracts with injuries like that, you think, okay, can he sustain another 10, 11 years? Uh, But Minnesota Twins, all good there, six years, $200 million. Check that off. If you're curious, you're a baseball nerd, and you want to know more about that story, I've put a link in the description. Juan Soto, a big name, that a big trade, a big name that happened, the trade deadline. Now, this is, a, this is when you, you can edit things, but let's just say Juan Soto came over to the San Diego Padres at the trade deadline last summer, and he has signed a, you know, one year, he's going to stay with the Padres for next year, one year, $23 million. The money moves. All right, let's talk a few things about hockey real quick. Vegas Golden Knights goaltender Robin Lehner and his wife have fired for bankruptcy, $50 million. Just just a headline, just leaving that there. Uh, Minnesota Wild signed forward Matt Boldy to a seven-year, $49 million deal. And you're thinking, yeah, I was really waiting on pins and needles to see if they would sign him. No, I say that just for familiarity's sake. And I mean, I'm the type of person, when I hear Minnesota, I think Golden Gophers in college or the Minnesota Gophers. Golfers, or I think of Minnesota Timberwolves, but sometimes we just need to familiarize ourselves with these these states, these teams, and their mascots, their names. So Minnesota Wild, there you are. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights are kind of on an injury update. Their captain, Mark Stones, week to week with an upper body injury. And then lastly, in hockey news, we're always talking about the Boston Bruins. They've had a fantastic season, of course. But the Seattle Kraken actually snapped a, a streak of sorts of theirs. The Boston Bruins, a week ago, they had had a 29-game home winning streak in regulation, meaning like every game, you know, they had won 29 home games in regulation, meaning they didn't need to go to a shootout. But a week ago, the Seattle Kraken snapped that. And I just think Seattle Kraken is a fun name to say. 
All right, that's enough for hockey. Let's move on to the misfits, which means we're coming to the end here. First things first, tennis, the Australian Open. I said last week that it was starting, and it has started. Now, this tournament is kind of a long tournament. It doesn't end until, like, January 28th, the end of January. But a couple things to note. One is a follow-up from last week. If you saw my Thursday night follow-up, I did say this but it bears repeating. Naomi Osaka, she had withdrawn, and now we know she's expecting, so congratulations. Also in the news of players withdrawing, Nick Kyrgios uh, has a meniscus tear and a cyst in his knee, so he has withdrawn from the Australian Open as well. Tennis Australia has actually banned Russian and Belarusian flags. Always political undertones going on. Like, we would love to be able to separate politics and sports, but there's too much overlap. There's too much pride for players and countries and fans. So just trying to keep a lot of that political turmoil or unrest at a minimum. And then there are four rounds even before quarterfinals happen. So that's just kind of to reiterate the fact this is a a long tournament. But some names to be aware of on the women's side, Igas Viatek, Sabalenka, we got Coco Goff. And then on the men's side, Rafa Nadal, Novak Djokovic, Francis Tiafo. So we'll be keeping our eyes on those names. We don't expect them to go out early, but hey, that's why we play the matches. On a soccer note, I said this before, but the Women's World Cup is happening this summer, so a lot of attention, a lot of focus specifically on the U.S. women's national team. Up and down past few years, kind of, we're going to just keep our eye on what the what the pulse, what the heartbeats like of the team and the fan base, how, how, how we feel as a country about our team heading into the World Cup this summer. We're halfway through the Premier League race, if you care about English Premier League soccer. And really, just to say this, the top four finishers, there's a race for the title, of course. You always want to win the title for anything. But then you've got the top four finishers qualify for the Champions League next year. And right now, the top four are Arsenal, Manchester City, Newcastle United, Manchester United. Obviously, still lots of room for shakeups if we're just halfway there. But uh, another result this past weekend in the soccer world, Barcelona beat Real Madrid in the Supercopa final. And then last but not least in the Misfits, in the golf world, no major tournament or anything to talk about right now. But I will remind you, we've had this conversation early on in the podcast last fall, kind of the Live, uh, Live Invitational Tour versus the PGA kind of an ongoing debate controversy in the golf world, it's still going on. Uh, If there's anything more concrete, more definitive, I, of course, will be sure to let you guys know. But I just say that because it's not disappeared. It's still a thing in the golf world. If you care about golf, there are court dates that have been set in different – it's a whole thing. It's still going on. We'll leave it at that. And we'll leave today's episode at that as well. I hope you guys uh, enjoy some college basketball, some NFL football this weekend. Let me know your thoughts, what you're thinking. And uh, I will look forward to seeing you back here next week. Same time, same place. Thanks for catching up with Peach.